TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Ray and Glenn on 94 WIP. Zach Berman covers the Philadelphia Eagles for The Athletic. You can find him on Twitter at ZBerm, B-E-R-M. He is the author of Underdogs, a fine book. While we're, you know, spent a lot of time this weekend uh, recounting that great Super Bowl and Zach did a terrific book about it. Joins us now. Fresh for, are you still down in Mobile or are you uh, back home? Back from Mobile. So there you go. Back in Philly, although I enjoyed, I enjoyed being down there at the Senior Bowl. I'm sure. Uh, and that is an event where the story is usually less the game than the week leading up to it. And you wrote a story that while you were gone um, was part of causing a great fuss in this town. I'm just going to read you a, a paragraph from Zach's story. There were four Eagles representatives together on the sidelines of a senior bowl practice Tuesday afternoon. Three of them could be easily picked out of a lineup. GM Howie Roseman, Coach Nick Sirianni, offensive line coach Jeff Stoutland. The fourth was less recognizable to the average Eagles fan, but he's someone with a growing presence in the organization. It was Julian Lurie, son of the Eagles owner, Jeff Lurie. Um, there's been a lot of hubbub about Julian Lurie, um, you know, kind of moving into the organization. And I think a lot of unreasonable concern among fans. So let me just start by asking you, uh, I've never met Julian Lurie. I've never spoken to him. I don't really even know if you have, but what is your sense of who he is and how his role is going to develop? Well, he's, he's someone who is being groomed, if you will, to take over the team. And, and, and when that is, it's, it's not as if there's a, a firm timeline on that, but he, so he, he's, he grew up in the area, of course. He went to Harvard. He worked for the NFL's rotational program, which is a, a two-year program where you see different parts of the league offices. Um, and, and now he's, he's really learning things from the team side. So he's going to have a growing presence because eventually he'll be running the team. What, I, I would say this is somewhat a standard operating procedure for children of owners who take over the team that that they that, that use observe different parts of the operation as opposed to just one day taking it over so i i don't think it's a, it's it's necessarily a surprise but i definitely think it's noteworthy for eagles fans because you're going to hear his name more and more in the coming years zach do you get the feeling um that how far off do you think this could be i mean jeff to me looks like I don't think he's ready to step aside any any day soon. Um, when do you think this transition to you know Jeff kind of becoming owner emeritus and 
and Julian kind of becoming the the day-to-day functioning owner. How far down the road do you think that is? I would imagine that that's fairly far down the road. As as long as 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 Jeffrey's able and in good health, I, I think he's going to be running the team. You know, he, he it's it's his it's his job. He enjoys it, and uh, and he's obviously competitive and 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 wants to be around the Eagles. I I don't see him taking a backseat as as long as he's able to be the owner of the organization. Okay. Let's talk about what you just uh, witnessed down there. Um, there was also a lot of talk this week about Malik Willis. I have to be honest with you, your colleague, Bo Wolf, I, I, who I respect a lot, and you guys do terrific work together at The Athletic, did a mock draft the other day that had Malik Willis coming to the Eagles at pick 16. <laughs> I'm not asking you to defend your colleague's work, but do you is that a possibility? Is this something that we, we should be looking at as a realistic um well, I, I'm I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> yeah, so I'll I'll kind of explain the logic there. That was a senior bowl only mock draft, and the reality is, for a team that has three first round picks, it's hard to do a a senior bowl only mock draft without a quarterback in the first round because most of the top players there were quarterbacks, right? When you look at at, at the first round caliber players, this was a rare year where. Uh, five of the six top quarterbacks in the draft were at the Senior Bowl. And uh, to kind of give you perspective, last year the four top quarterbacks taken were not at the Senior Bowl. Uh, so I don't necessarily know if, if it's the type of thing where he's saying they're going to take a quarterback. But when you have three first-rounders, uh, you, you have the ability to make a, a luxury pick, if you, if you will. And Malik Willis is someone who definitely helped himself in in mobile you know for for those who were curious how he would look in person for those who were curious how he would do against a better level of competition uh there's he's the quarterback in the draft who you look at and you say he has the best chance of being near the top there's a lot of development there but i think the ceiling is highest with him that's interesting uh because i I, 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 Glenn and I talked about it yesterday, and Glenn was asking me to sort of give some people a, a cue. If you're going to watch the game, who should you be looking for? And I, and I said Willis was a guy you have to watch just to kind of see what he is. But I got to, I got to tell you, Zach. To me, this guy has boom or bust written all over him. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I just think this. I, I'm not denying that the skill set is is. I mean, it's there. I mean, you saw in this game yesterday, you didn't see much in terms of passing, but you saw he could certainly run. Uh, and I guess during the week, and you were down there during the week, so you saw practices, uh, and I guess he impressed people with his arm. But, I mean, I saw I only saw one game this year that he played, um, and I saw his game against Ole Miss. And maybe that's unfair because that was, the, that was the, worst game, the worst game that he had. It was the best competition he faced, but it was the worst game that he had. He was, he was sacked a ton. He threw a bunch of interceptions and, frankly, looked overmatched. I, you know, conceding the fact that I, he definitely has talent, i got to tell you, Zach, I think he is so far away from being ready to play in the NFL. It would have to be a team that will be prepared to just almost redshirt him for at least one year, maybe two, because he, right now, I mean, getting him up to NFL speed is going to take a while. You're right, and 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 really, that's that's the word too is that you would need to be patient with him. Uh, but as as far as the reviews that he got in terms of his arm, there was a practice on Wednesday in the pouring rain, like it, it was. We were drenched at the end of practice. 
And that's the, that could be a good test for a quarterback. And the ball came out of his hand differently than the other quarterbacks there. I mean, I mean that's just the truth in watching it. So if you look at it purely from a tools perspective and you say who has the best tools that you can develop into a top-of-the-league quarterback, I would have to say Willis. Now, Kenny Pickett has more polish, obviously, and it's, it's, it catches your attention when, uh, when, when Jim Nagy, who runs the Senior Bowl, says that he has some Joe Burrow about his personality when talking about Kenny Pickett. But Malik Willis was the, was the quarterback there who you said if, if you coach him up and you develop him, similar to Josh Allen a few years ago, this is what he can become. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the, those first three picks, um, assuming the Eagles keep him, or maybe you can tell us you don't think they'll, they'll keep him. Uh, give us the names of some people you like down there, a certain direction you think the Eagles may go with those picks. Sure. Well, as, as far as the players down there, um, I would say Jermaine Johnson, the edge rusher from Florida uh, State, Ray, is, a, is, Ray, a, is a player to watch. Mm-hmm. He's uh, uh, he, he spent a year at Georgia after junior college. We all saw how good that Georgia defense was. Transferred to Florida State for more opportunity and just blew up at Florida State. Had 12 sacks. Uh, fits everything you look for from a height, weight, speed perspective and can play a, a, against the run. Now, I would be shocked if the Eagles don't take an edge rusher in the first round. This happens to be a very good edge rusher draft, and most of those edge rushers are 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 underclassmen. So I, I didn't see them as okay, a senior yeah, goal. Yeah. But among the senior edge rushers, I would say Johnson's the one who really jumps out. Yeah, that was we were talking about this again. Glenn and I were talking about this yesterday, sort of previewing the game, and um, and that was what I said. I thought that everything that I kind of knew going into this game was that the strength of this group of guys that was down in Mobile was in the defensive front seven. There was a lot of really good players down there, uh, and I think they showed it in the game. Uh, there was, uh, I think, the, the the one team had eight or nine sacks in this game, uh, and a lot of and a lot of those defensive linemen showed really well. What I thought was kind of interesting was you mentioned Jermaine Johnson, who I agree with you, probably out of the guys there was the best player. Um, he didn't even stay for the game, right? I mean, he practiced a couple days, just, just just killed it in practice, was really great in practice, and just packed up and went home and didn't even bother staying for the game. I, I, you know, I don't, is this like a new thing, Zach? Because I don't remember guys doing that in the past. Yeah, I mean, if, if you play as well as he did on, on Wednesday and Thursday, I don't know how much more there is to prove. Um, and, and you saw top prospects in past years go for the interviews and for the weigh-in, but not necessarily the practice in the game. Um, I, I can only imagine Johnson helped himself down there. Uh, and, you know, in, in, in the game, I, I know Winfrey from, from Oklahoma looked good, and he looked good all, all week too. But I, I agree that, that Johnson was the best player I saw at the Senior Bowl. All right, one more thing I want to ask you about, uh, and I'll ask you it this way. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being metaphysical certitude, Zach Berman, what are the chances that Jalen Hurts is your starting quarterback week one next year? I would say seven. Um, and I say that because if, if Russell Wilson is, in fact, if, if, if he is available, it would surprise me if they don't at least explore it. Knowing the way they view Russell Wilson, knowing the way that, that they view the quarterback position, and, and 
that's not necessarily a, a knock on Jalen Hurts. Russell Wilson's the type of player who can change a franchise. I, I think of the Broncos in 2012 making the postseason with Tim Tebow, and they go out and they get Peyton Manning, and they're in the Super Bowl the next season. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm not saying the Eagles can follow that path, but the delta between Jalen Hurts and Russell Wilson is fairly significant. Um, short of them acquiring a top-of-the-league type quarterback, a Russell Wilson type, I would, I would really say Jalen Hurts would be the quarterback next year. I don't see them in the market for that next tier, whether it's a Jimmy Garoppolo or Kirk Cousins. Um, and then if they draft a quarterback, which I wouldn't rule out, I think it would be more of an upside play than a day-one guy. Uh, so I would say if it's not Jalen Hurts, then you're looking at an all-pro caliber player, whether it's Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, that type of player. Zach, are you, are you going out to Los Angeles for Super Bowl? I am not. I am not. We're well covered there at the, at, at the Athletic at the Super Bowl, so I, I look forward to watching it at home. How much, do you think, how much do you think the Brian Flores story is going to dominate the conversation out in Los Angeles? It's going to be huge. It, it was a huge topic down in Alabama, and it should be a big topic, right? Um, but, uh, you know, and it's, it's it, especially with, with, what, two jobs left or three jobs left now, the, you know, the, the Saints, the Dolphins, the Texans, um, people are going to be watching those jobs closely. Uh, so I, I, am, I imagine it's, it's going to be a dominant topic, whether it's in interviews or at the bar stools in Los Angeles. It is going to be a f- – <laughs> and many people will be on those bar stools. There's no question <laughs> about that. Zach, uh, always a pleasure. Again, read him in The Athletic. Follow him at ZBerm on uh, Twitter. Thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks, uh, Zach. Be well. There you go. Yeah, Jermaine Johnson. Really good player. Uh, you were talking about him yesterday. You're all you geeked up to watch him. Really, really good player. He's Will he for- last to pick uh, uh, 15, 16? Very unlikely. Yeah. I think he's a top 10. Trade up um, a little bit, maybe? Maybe. Um, but just, I mean, just Cliff's Notes version of him. He's 6'5", 255, runs a 4'6". Um, smart player. There aren't too many guys that you see at this point that have – both power and technique. You know, when you're looking at college, especially at that, that position, the edge rush position, you generally will get one or the other. You'll get a guy that's got raw power, but he needs to be developed. Mm-hmm. Or you'll have a guy that's got great technique, but, you know, he needs to build himself up. He needs to improve on, on his size and strength. Um, Jermaine Johnson is the rare guy who has both power and technique uh, and also plays with a with a decided mean streak. Um, so, I mean, I thought that there was no question he was going to be one of the best players down there. As it turns out, he went down there and he was the best player down there to yeah. the point where he had two practices and just said, you know, I'm done. <laughs> then didn't Smart. even stay for the game. Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't want to get hurt for that for a game that doesn't mean a thing. No, no. So, um, you know, I thought that he was – I honestly, when I was looking at him, I was thinking – I was at, I was wondering just what you asked me. Is there a chance that he could last to 15 when the Eagles have their first pick? Um, and I kind of thought with the quarterbacks maybe sneaking in there, picking up a couple spots maybe earlier, that there was a chance that he might get to 15. But after what he did down in Mobile, I think don't think there's any chance. I think he's now a top 10 player. Let's get Will in Jenkintown. You're on with Ray and Glenn. Hi. Oh, wait. Ooh. You know what? I did that. I'm sorry. I hung up on the guy. Um, Will, that's me. Call back and I'll get you right on. I, I apologize for that. Scott Nabbington is on with Ray and Glenn. Hey, Scott. 
Hey, uh, before I get to my Rich Co-type point, which I can't believe I'm saying out loud, uh, <laughs> you guys, uh, I mean, as TV guys, Glenn, you should remember that the uh, Sopranos had a bunch of one-off directors from episode to episode, mm-hmm. and that was uh, quite successful for them. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, so back so to Co-type. It's the Eagle strategy moving ahead. There you go. <laughs> so, um, you know, you're dissing on the, the New York press, but you're you're forgetting the best headline I think I've ever seen in sports. It was a picture of Coatsite with the Jets owner on the cover. It said, Dumb and Dumber. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. That was I great. Just... And you know the other <laughs> thing I remember? Uh, this was the Giants. Remember uh, Ray Hanley, who was the – did he replace Parcells, Ray? Yes. Okay. When he just started losing and losing and losing, one of the New York papers – it was either the Post or the Daily News – and and Hanley had this huge forehead without a lot of hair on it, had a close-up of him, and it had a gas tank gauge on his forehead on empty. And that, to me, was classic. <laughs> All right, take it easy, guys. All right, thank you very much. Yeah, he was he followed Parcells, which was a, a tough act to follow. Yeah, yeah. And he was, was he the defense coordinator there? And Backfield coach. The what coach? Backfield coach. Backfield. Oh, okay. Well. And that was and that, that, that was it wasn't that it wasn't that Parcells said uh, you know uh, sort of anointed him as his successor. Um, George Young, who was the general manager. Yeah, I knew George. Really, yeah, and George and George is in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he was a really good administrator. He's the guy that hired Parcells in the first place. Um, but he thought that Hanley had what it takes to to do that job and to do it in New York. And boy, he couldn't. <laughs> he could not have been more wrong. He was. He was so he was so in over his head as yeah. both as a head coach and especially trying to be the head coach in that media market. I mean that was that was just a disaster. Yeah, the co-tidy kind of thing. George Young, by the way, who was the GM of the Giants, um, now in the Hall of Fame, I believe. Yes, he is. And I, I remember him for among other things, he had a huge set of ears. But yes, he um, he once called me during my son's birthday party. Oh yeah, which well, because it it was, pre, and I know for you still, but it was pre cell phone. Ray, you could not be a newspaper reporter without a cell phone these days. You do know that, right? No, oh, yeah. Okay, I fully acknowledge that. Okay, but this was in the days before you had a cell phone, and I was doing a story. I don't remember what the story was, but I had to talk to George Young. And one thing about him is he was really good at calling. He he returned every phone call. Yeah. That is correct. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm a reporter for the Philadelphia Inquirer, which certainly had a little bit of of status behind it, right? You're not writing for the East Jibip Gazette. You're writing for the Philadelphia Inquirer. But, you know, you would still um, call a lot of places, and they're like, I'm not calling that guy back. But I called him for a story, and, like, he's not, you know, Mr. Young's not available right now. It's, uh, let me leave a message. And, um, again, no cell phones. So it was my son's, like, his third. I just remember it was my son's little birthday party. We're, like, running around in the backyard doing all kinds of stuff. And the phone rings. like, eh, should I get the phone or just, like, you know, we're about to cut the cake. And I went and said it was George Young. And, like, I had to talk to him. So for, like, 45 minutes, I left my son's birthday party to talk to George Young. George was, that's, you described him perfectly. George returned Every phone yeah. call. And the other guy, the other guy who was like that. It was my son's birthday. And the other guy who was like that was Tech Schramm. Yeah, I never had the you, uh, occasion. If you called if you called his office and his his, his secretary, I, I know her well, her name was Suzanne Mitchell. And you talk and you talk <laughs> Well that's see, that's the first smart thing is if you know secretaries and know their names, 
That's a trick. That's a newspaper reporter trick. Always be nice to the secretary. Well, I spent so much time in Dallas during those years that I got to know pretty much everybody. Yeah, but I knew Rich if, Dalrymple down there. Yeah. Just retired, by the way. And the guys before him was Doug Todd. But, I mean, I, I knew all of those guys. And um, if you called and you got, you know, it's, it's, I'd like to speak to Mr. Schramm, got put through. Suzanne answered the phone, said who you were. I need to talk to Tex about this or that. Should say he's in a meeting right now, but I'll have him call you. And I mean, within an hour, Tex was on the phone. He returned every single phone call, and George Young was the same way. Yeah, and was generous of his time. Yes. I mean, he called me back. Again, I don't remember what the story was, but he called me back, and rather than talk to me for three minutes, he just like kept going. And my wife's looking at me through the window of the backyard like mad, but, you know, what am I going to do? But, Ray, you just uh, before we go to the break, I just want to say, for anybody out there who's an aspiring journalist or – plans to be in uh, any kind of thing where you read need to reach people of power mm -hmm. what ray just said is a great tip whoever answers the phone in that person's office is somebody you should get to know by name and always be nice to because that person controls access yep so that you remembered mildred in tech shram's office or molly or what was her name <laughs> It wasn't Mildred or Molly? No, was it, was it? Ne it was neither of those. Uh, it was, was, it was it? Suzanne Mitchell. Oh, Mitchell. That's where I thought. Okay. Um, and know that name and remember it. And when you call up, you know, Ray, how are your kids doing, Suzanne? Oh, that's good. Little Jimmy's in third grade now. That's great. Hey, uh, when Tex is available, uh, just have him give me a call. There you go. Ray the Charmer. Yeah. You know that uh, you mentioned Rich Dalrymple, who became the head of the PR operation. Yeah, he was a good guy. A very nice fellow. And uh, I also got to know his secretary. And Troy Aikman, Troy Aikman wound up marrying her. Is that right? Yeah, Troy Aikman married the PR director's secretary. Well, there you have it. There you go. What was her name? <sighs> no, you didn't forget. I think I might have. All right. I, yeah. Well, they're, they're no longer together. Was she in Aikman or she in Dalrymple? Uh, no, she and uh, no. Um, well, she left the Cowboys, and she also left Troy. <laughs> so that's an, that's another story for another day. <laughs> All right, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Ray Dinger, Glenn Macknell. We'll get some calls next segment on ninety four WIP. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Right into Glenn Mack now. Let's get to Will in Jenkintown. Hey, Will, how are you today? I'm good. How are you guys doing? All right. Thank you. One sec. Hi. You with hey. us? Yeah. Uh, thank, you for taking, uh, thank you for taking my call. I appreciate sure. it. I uh, just want to say, first, I wanted to, you know, let you guys know a little something I think is pretty cool, might make you laugh, and then I want to just let you know what I think is going to happen with the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. 
So for one, um, so uh, be it that we were at the anniversary of the Super Bowl, you know, it meant everything to me. It meant everything to my family. I'm sure you guys feel the same way. And uh, when we won, you know, the next day I was buying papers and getting them so I could have them forever and buying my friends' papers. And, and I said to myself, you know, I'm really curious as to what the people in Boston got to wake up to today. And, you know, I, the very next day, Mm-hmm. I I went online and the Boston Globe is like the equivalent of the Philadelphia Inquirer, and I ordered it. It took two months and seven dollars to get here. Wow! But <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, I could drive to Boston and back, and you know, this would have probably <laughs> well, cost not for the seven same. bucks. But yeah, no, no, not for seven, right? Yeah. But uh, uh, I was also worried they were going to send me a box of confetti. Uh, <laughs> but uh, sure enough, it's Tom Brady on the cover with a title that says "Deep Six and defense falls apart during a Super Bowl loss. And I don't know, it just it really made me happy. I have it right next to my, uh, to my uh, 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 finally we won one, you know. Oh, the, I the love inquire. that. I love and, that you rub it in a little bit. Oh, it was, it's great, man. I, I'm the only person I know that has it. So, and for the Super Bowl, though, I just want to say, if it wasn't for Matthew Stafford, I mean, I'm, I'm, I want the Bengals to win. I want to see that, that Cinderella story get, you know, completed. But with Stafford there, too, you know, either way it goes, I'd be happy. But I truly want to see the Bengals do it. I think they pull it off. I think they can pull it off. I think everybody wants the Bengals. Uh, And thanks for your your call. Ray, I mean, any fan who doesn't have a direct rooting interest in this game, why would they root for the Rams over the Bengals? Sure, absolutely. I mean, unless you'd like, you know, want Matthew Stafford, I guess, you want after all these years. But that's it. The Bengals are are the people's church here. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it's you know, it's 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 the it's the nature of things. People always want to root for the underdog, and you can't you can't find a bigger underdog than what the, what the Bengals are and what the Bengals have been forever. You know, to um, and they're certainly the underdogs in this game, and it's it's a great story. And you know, Joe Burrow has become uh, he, I mean, he's become bigger than big. You know, I mean, he's you know, he's he's kind of as Tom Brady leaves the stage, here's the new one. You know, I mean, it's, he's he's kind of got everything. You know, he's got the looks, he's got the talent, he's got the team around him. Uh, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of similarity there. Yeah, it's the, to me, it's the long-suffering fan base thing. That, mm-hmm. That's it, right? I mean, the Reds were good back in the 70s. Well, I guess the Reds won after that, but it's, it's the, the Bengals have never won a Super Bowl. No, and who in Los Angeles doesn't even have a fan base? I don't. I don't care about those people. No, I don't. Um, and I don't think. I don't think it's going to be that big a deal out there. You know, you're going to yeah. have. You're, they're going to be playing. Even though the, it's out there, yeah, the Rams are playing the Super Bowl in Los Angeles, and it's going to be kind of. Eh, oh yeah, because yeah. we. I mean, we went through this before. I mean, the Rams played in the Super Bowl against the Steelers back in '79. And the game was played in Los Angeles. The game was played in well Pasadena, which is right up the road. It was played at the Rose Bowl that year, and I was out there covering it. And if you, everywhere you went in Los Angeles, it was like, like nothing. You know, yeah. there was there was no signage, there was no billboards, there was no there was none of that feeling you get in your typical Super Bowl city. Even if the, neither of the two teams are from that city, where there's it's real festival and it's a big party and it's all going on. I mean, it's just Los Angeles is such a big sprawling amorphous community mm-hmm. that Super Bowl just kind of dissolved into it, and you just didn't have any feeling that okay, it's kind of a Rams home game. But you never got the feeling that they really had a home field advantage. Yeah. Uh, by the way, a uh, listener to our show named David Cade just sent me a whole bunch of stuff on Suzanne Mitchell. Oh. 
uh, who I'm sorry to say has passed away. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but uh, was a pretty important figure in that organization. Well, she ran that... the cheerleaders on, to- on top of being Texas exactly. secretary. Yeah. So the story I'm reading says, and thank you for sending it to me, David, Suzanne was administrative assistant to Tech Shram. Uh, when the team was swamped with calls after one of their cheerleaders was captured winking suggestively on TV. Uh, although people were complaining, Texram figured out that cheerleading was more than just what met the eye. He capitalized on it. I mean, I, you know, I, I hate the Cowboys, but that's, that's pretty sharp, pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and he designated her. She was a former PR executive from New York uh, to turn the team's, what does it say, fusty? I don't know what fusty means. I, I I guess it means boring and dusty, and make it more interesting, skimpy costumes, choreography, et cetera, et cetera. So she was like the brains behind that. She was. Yeah, she was in charge of the cheerleaders in addition to being Texas secretary. Interesting. Very, she was just one of those very super efficient people. You know, I mean, she always, you know, always had her clipboard. (laughs) So here's the, here's what I I mean, she, I mean, she was... Everything Tex wanted done, he it, Suzanne did it. I mean, yeah, she so was really, really good at that. Here's what I think is probably the difference. I would hope in this day and age that rather than be the administrative assistant in the year 2022, Su- Suzanne Mitchell would somewhere be like the head of the thing. Yeah, probably so. Uh, like right, right, probably so. I, and by the way, while while during the break here, I was racking my brain trying to remember the name of Rich Dalrymple's secretary, who later became the first Mrs. Aikman. Yes. And, and, it, and, I, and it, it came back to me. Yeah. Uh, her name was Rhonda. Okay. I think, I think her last name was Wor- Worthy. But I know, I, know her first name, I know her first name was Rhonda. I was just Good. racking Good my brain, and right. it finally came to me. I'm, I'm, sometimes the stuff just needs to rattle around for a while. Though. I know. Yeah, I know. Robert in Washington Township wants to talk. NHL All-Star Game. Wow. Well, I, you know, Go I just it. wanted to. I just wanted to say that I, I actually enjoyed the uh, – I wanted to talk about the Sixers and the Eagles, but I, I just wanted to say I saw that NHL competition thing, and I thought it was kind of neat. They did it kind of – like, you know, they always shoot at the plates in the goal. Well, they yeah. put up all these cards, and they had to, the, the players had to make it 21, you know, so if they got a qu- queen in the nace, you know, they had all these, you know, like 52 cards, and they oh, shot at clever. them. Yeah, it was kind of cool. To they be honest, play- I would probably – I would last about five minutes with that. Yeah, well, it was cooler than the I've seen. It. It's kind of gotten boring. Now, I, I want to talk you. about the Eagles and, and the Sixers because I think these teams are both at a crossroads with some of these decisions they're going to make that I don't necessarily agree with. I mean, obviously, if you're going to move some assets to get a, a, a Harden, if you're a Sixers with Ben Simmons, it affects the team going down uh, you know, later on. You know, if you get a year or two, but the guy's been hurt. He's got a bad hamstring now. He had a bad hamstring last year. You're seeing a decline in this game. But it's also the same with the Eagles. The Eagles make this move and give away all these draft picks and let's get a Russell Wilson or what have you. I just think that, you know, maybe the best move might be not to make moves at all at this point. you got to do something with Simmons. I'd rather see them get a young guy, a younger guy that's got an up, upside. But what do you guys think? I mean, do you think that they should make these moves? I just I just think sometimes it might be like, the, like a 21 type of terminology, stand pat, you know? Ray, he's brought up two references to blackjack, right? I'll let you address the second one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a card player. I, I, my feeling is I, I would make the move for Harden because you're not getting anything from Simmons. If you can, if you can, if you can turn Simmons into Harden uh, and make a, and obviously a, a much better chance to get to the finals and perhaps win a championship, certainly I would do that. Uh, as far, yeah, but as, well, but as far as the other one, I'm. 
I'm really not in favor of trading all the draft picks for a quarterback. I'm really not. I would, you know, I, I would, I, I would Thanks, give Hurts. I would give Hurts another year. Yeah, you know, and, and see what you know. Use this draft to rebuild the defense, which you really can with all the picks that you have uh, and um, the quality of the defensive players that are in this draft. I mean, in one year, you can really transform that defense. I mean, in a big way. So do that and give Hertz another year and see you know and see how it turns out. Yeah, and I think we've said this before. If that quarterback existed this year that you thought was, okay, this is the guy, this is the franchise guy, this, this is Joe Burrow, this is you know, Lawrence, this is, this is Aikman, whatever, whatever, whatever first pick of the draft you want to find and put on it, I would say do it, do whatever it takes. But none of these quarterbacks is anything close to a sure bet. No. So I'm, I'm not going to do it. By the way, uh, Super Bowl trivia. This is the first matchup between two number one overall draft picks as starting quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. Stafford versus Burrow were first, the first pick of the draft since Super Bowl 50, Peyton Manning versus Cam Newton. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, okay. I figured you'd be interested in that. Yeah, I am. I am. I, I am. I'm kind of... I, th- I thought of, I, I thought about that last week. I thought about the fact, oh, here we got two number ones. I mean, overall number ones. Number yeah. one pick in a draft going head-to-head. And I couldn't remember off the top of my head if that had ever happened before. There but sure, go. that that would be it. Yeah. That would be it. You know what's, in- you know what's interesting about this draft? Yeah, because Brady was in so many of them. <laughs> yeah. You just eliminate them all. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, obviously, if he's in the game, it certainly doesn't apply. Yeah. But, um, you know, the one of the storylines that came out of Mobile this week uh, about Kenny Pickett, the quarterback from Pitt, who I who I still think is the best quarterback in this bunch. Is he the one with the? Everybody says he's got small hands. Yes, that was yeah. the whole. That was yeah. all anybody could talk about was yeah. is he has small hands. He has right. small hands and double and, jointed for whatever that's. Yeah, called. and it was uh, and it was it was it turned into a thing, and yeah. you know, and Pickett got to a point where he's so annoyed with it, he stopped answering the question. I got um, it. And so, um, like Trump, what I would tell you is um, the last quarterback. To have that issue raised. Ooh, can I tell you? Can I guess? Uh, go right ahead. Alex Smith? Uh, no. Oh, I remember Alex Smith. He, he said had small hands. They did say that about him. So you got somebody uh, since then. Who you got? Uh, yes. There's the same, this, this very same question was asked. Oh, his hands are too small. His hands are too small. Joe Burrow. Oh, oh. oh. well, okay. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I don't, I kind of think it's a non-issue, really. Um, because if, and I remember it was, it was, I mean, it was asked a lot. There, there was this whole idea. Everybody was arguing about what are small hands and, or Joe Burrow, can Joe Burrow's, can he possibly play this position? And I said, my God, did you see him play at LSU? I mean, come on, seriously? So how well, different is the football? Hmm? How different is the football between the NFL and college? It's not. Well, then why would it be? Because what I've heard people say is, oh, with the NFL ball, man, it's going to be a problem. No. No, it's the same. It's the same. And so, the only thing, the only so where thing, where does this stem from? Well, the idea is that if you have, if you, if you have a smaller hand, you are more prone to. Well, first of all, it depends kind of on where you play. If you, and that was kind of the argument with Joe Burrow. Well, it's not a big deal because he plays at LSU, so he plays in the South. He plays in warm weather. What's oh, going to happen if he goes to a team where oh, he's playing? Weather shrinkage and in it's your hands. and it's twenty degrees. Can yeah, he grip? Okay. Can he can right. with his hand? Can he grip the ball uh, and throw it through the wind in the Northeast? Well, 
you know, and he said, Joe, Joe Burrow's from Ohio, for God's sakes. I mean, he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't born and raised in Baton Rouge. I yeah. mean, he's from Ohio. He's played in cold weather his whole life. I mean, it's so stupid. I mean, that's, that is why, that's why some of this scouting stuff just drives me up the wall. Mm. I mean, if you watch Joe Burrow play football in college, there was, there was never any question that this guy was great. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he was, he, he did everything you could possibly do and then some. And then people, oh, I don't know, hand size. So that's why I sometimes, when I always say the scouting thing, they take it to ridiculous extremes. Yeah. You know, this is an example of it. Good point, Ray. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll see if Moshe can give us some things we forgot to talk about today. Uh, Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. I always laugh at that. Most, you know what that sound is from with that guy saying, thank you very much. No clue. It's got to be some pop culture thing that I'm, I'm, I'm not getting. Anyway, uh, Ray Dinger, what, uh, what are your plans for the rest of the day? You got anything fun going on? Um, I'm not watching a Pro Bowl. I know that. <laughs> I'm actually thinking of maybe trying to sneak out and see a movie today. I'm going ah, to try, try and do my part for what we're watching. Please do. Yeah. Okay. I would love it if you did. I um, wanted to go see a movie the other day, and I went down to the movie theater, and I walked in, and they said, where's your vaccination card? I said, oops. Oh, you got to carry that with you. <laughs> well, you I, carry but, that I, with you? but I didn't. No. Oh, so no. I, was, uh, I was basically tossed out into the street. Yeah, yeah. Well. Um, yeah, I carry mine and then I have another copy at home and then I got it on my cell phone, but that doesn't do you any good. No, it doesn't um, do me any good. All right. Well, uh, any, any thoughts what you're going to go see? I'm going to try and go see Licorice Pizza. Oh, okay. All I've heard, right, I've heard good things about it. Matt Pfeiffer from Tommy and me yeah. went to see it last week and said, oh yeah, you got to go see it. So. All right, good. I think I'll go see that today. Uh, I look forward to your review. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am going to take my dad out for chicken wings. Oh yeah? Oh yeah. He's, uh, I tell you, my wife's out of town. My dad's, uh. Yeah, my, my dad needs uh, he, my dad needs a regular fix of chicken wings. You can take him out. You can take Marv out of Buffalo, but you cannot take Buffalo out of my dad. So okay, we're gonna go out for chicken wings, and then uh, I will probably, as I told you, I'm I'm binge watching Ozark uh, because it's a show that my wife it's it's too rough for my wife. Mm-hmm. So she's she's away, and so I figure all right, well this is the weekend I'm gonna I, I have season four just dropped, but I I never watched season three. So I got to go back and watch season three and season four. So I'm doing it three hours at a pop, right? Ah, three shows at a time. I have a very rich and full life. Well, you're planning a a big family gathering for Super Bowl next Sunday. Is Marvin Marvin coming over to do some wings and watch a little football? Maybe I ought. I haven't. I really haven't uh, given it much thought because whatever. Um, But yeah, I should have my have my dad over. Maybe a couple of friends. Yeah. Absolutely. Good. A little yeah. Fat Jack's barbecue, something like that. Uh, we got to reach out to our friend Glenn Gross now, don't we? That's right. Of course. It's that time of year. Uh, you, let me ask you a question. Were you saying that for me, Ray, or for you? No, that would be for you. Oh, uh, be for you. Because, I mean, Mark, if I do the hookup, I'm sure I could do the hookup for you as well. Yeah, well, we don't, as you know, we don't entertain. I don't entertain on Super Bowl Sunday. Hey, but you do eat barbecue as far as no, I, I do. I, I do. I do that. That is true. That and is I true. believe your wife eats barbecue. No. Oh, she doesn't. No, she's not a barbecue fan. Okay, well. it's just it's re- it's really just me, and I'm I'm so into my you know yellow legal tablets on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm taking. Oh, you don't like, want to smudge them with no, uh, rib sauce. Can't, can't, huh? can't, can't get that sauce all over your notes. So. Do you really watch the Super Bowl with the yellow? Like what? What? What is the? Well, you're you. I I. You know what? If you didn't, it wouldn't be you. Right. So good. <laughs> I'm at a point now in my life where I I kind of can't watch a game without without <laughs> logging it. <laughs> 
It really is true. Okay, that's fine. I've been doing it for so long that this yeah. is this is kind of how I have to watch the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, fine. Uh, Moshe Kravitz, what did we forget to talk about today? Well, uh, the MLB lockout is still uh, going on, and the latest news being that the players sent a counteroffer to the owners, who then said that they were going to get a federal mediator, but for lockouts in the MLB, it needs to be agreed upon by both sides. Yeah. Players rejected the federal mediators, saying that they right. want to negotiate, they're willing to negotiate, the owners are not acting in good faith, and so right. we're still locked I, I out. Gotta, I got to stop you before everybody drives off the road. Um, so I will, I will take that that statement, and I will ask it to you this way, Ray. I will put an over under. You know, the Major League Baseball season is supposed to be 162 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, over under of 140 games played. Uh, <clears throat> I think it'll probably be. That's probably about right. That's probably about right. Yeah, because the season's not going to start on time. You're certainly not going to have spring training on time. Um, 140. I might go under. If I have to go, if I have to go one way or another, I probably go under. Well, I I, I don't know how this fits in with the 140 games, but uh, before or after May 1st start date for opening day. Well, that would be about 140. So I'll I'll say uh, if you asked me to predict, I would have said May 1st. So I will I'll say after. All right. What else we got? All right, well, this has kind of gone under the radar for the Eagles, but their scouting department, player personnel department, has gotten a little ransacked this year. Uh, Brandon Brown, the latest member of Andy Weidel's team to uh, to get uh, picked out, picked up by another team. He's going to the Giants. Is, is it interesting for you guys that other teams keep taking guys that the Eagles have scouting players, yet we feel like the Eagles don't draft well and don't sign free agents well? Right. Uh yeah. <laughs> okay. Care to expand, Ray? <laughs> uh, not really. <laughs> all right, let's let that sit then. One more. Uh, that's all I've got. So oh. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, no, I mean, well. I you would think. Uh, I mean, you would think that if teams are going to take guys from scouting departments uh, of other teams and you know rating rating you for personnel guys or scouts or. Um, that sort of thing that you would go to teams that historically have drafted well, you would think, wouldn't you? Yeah. And yeah, you, uh, would. you know, I would not put the Eagles in the in the category of teams that have historically drafted very well. Yes. So the fact that people seem to come here to t- to 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 poach scouts and other personnel people does seem to be a little curious to me. It maybe is a the conundrum. Uh, maybe the qualifying question is: Did you agree with the draft pick of Jalen Rager? And if you say no, you get a job somewhere else. It could well be. All right, uh, Ray, the next time we see each other will be past the NBA trade deadline. Will the Sixers successfully move Ben Simmons? Uh, if I were to guess, you, you asked me about this before. I said 50-50. If I have to go to the one side or the other, I'm going to say no. Yeah, I say no, but it would be really nice to, if it happens. Oh, I would love to see it happen, but I kind of think it's. I kind of think we're gonna. this is going to drag on and it'll be taken care of in the offseason. Yeah. Not a long shot by any chance, but yes, if you had to, if you had to bet, I, I I would probably bet no. Um, okay, I think that's all the news. Oh, one thing p- I want to say yeah. before we get off the air, go for uh, it very quickly. It's worth pointing out. That we don't talk much college basketball here, but I want to point out as a former, as an old Big Five guy, that all Big Five teams won last night. I thought that was kind of yeah. Cool. I saw I saw uh, Boop Junior. 
post about that, and it's, he said it's like, I forget, it's like the fifth time in history or something that they all played the same day and all won the same day. Yeah, I can't remember the last time that they all played the same day, and I certainly can't remember the time that all of them won the same day, but LaSalle beat George Mason, Penn beat Cornell, St. Joe's beat Fordham, Temple beat Tulsa, and Villanova beat UConn. So good for the Big Five. There you go. Uh, nicely done. Moshe Kravitz, thanks to you for a fine job. Rob Ellis is coming up next. Ray and I will see you next week. And by the way, next Saturday, version two, volume two of Tell Us Your Story, Greatest Hits. And next week is which, uh, what's our theme, Ray? Roots. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. That's going to be good. All right. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.